0: Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapters 46, 47, 48, 49 and 50 of a book I hate. Yep, it's The Maze Runner by James Dashner. Fuck that guy. Oh, man. Oh, I hate this book. OK, so where we left off, they realized that the, the maps that they had all been pointlessly drawing had a point and that they do spell out letters which spell out a bunch of random words. And then Thomas and Minnow were like, oh wow, that's a great discovery. Uh while you guys work on that, we're just gonna aimlessly wander around the maze. And found nothing, and then they and then they came back and that's about it. Oh, and then Thomas was like, Hey, you know what? He doesn't say it out loud, but he, you know, he tells us through narration, he's like, Hey, you know what? I'm gonna get myself stung by a griever so that I can get memories which will help me crack the code. And yet other people have been stung by grievers and gone through the changing and been rescued by the serum, and they've always come back to to life, not having memories of a code. All they seem to remember is that Thomas is an asshole and shouldn't be trusted and that the world sucks. (sighs) Yeah, but he's expecting it to be different for him because he's the protagonist. So we start chapter 46 with him saying, Thomas refused to talk to anyone the rest of the day. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) oh, you've had this brilliant idea, so now you're just shutting everyone out. And Teresa tried and he's like, nah, don't feel good. Talk to you later. So he went to his little spot in the forest that he loves so much and he's basically spending this alone time to psych himself up for what he was going to do that evening, which is presumably go and get stabbed by a griever. And eventually his watch showed that the evening had arrived. So then he goes to the homestead to be with everyone else. What, what, just stay out there and get stung by a griever. Like what, is that not the plan? His plan is to get stung and yet instead of hanging out in the forest where he would be easily accessible by a griever, putting no one else at harm's way, he's, he's now going back into the homestead where everybody else is and putting them at risk. Okay. All right. Because the grievers are only doing one a night. So if they just came out, stabbed him, they'd go, they'd go back to their little hole and they wouldn't bother anyone else. But okay, so he's going back to the homestead because he needs to have dinner, <laughs> obviously. So he's now sleeping in a large living room on the bottom floor of the homestead. And it's another sleepless night. He actually hasn't had any sleep. I think he went to that little secret spot in the forest to try and sleep, but I don't think he got any shut eye. So he's on like, what, his 48th hour of no sleep. I'm I'm not too sure, but he must be getting pretty tired, but not tired enough to sleep. God, this is so boring. I'm talking about his sleep patterns. Oh my God, this book, it's almost over. I think we've got a couple more weeks in us and then and then we go to something fun. I'm thinking let's get back to Fifty Shades. Oh, at least, uh, at least that one had a good plot. <laughs> I'm kidding, it didn't. But at least it had good character. Oh, no, it didn't have that either. At least it had sex scenes. I tell you what, if the maze runner at least had a couple of sex scenes, it might be more interesting. Oh, but yep, I'm, I'm really hating it. Okay, so he's in the living room. Teresa's now in the building as well, they're not making her sleep out in the slammer. And she can always get some shut eye. She's snoozing away. And the night dragged on, and then came the mechanical haunted sounds of the grievers outside. The time had come. Dunno why he was like he was like really trying to get to sleep. He's like, I just need to get some sleep. It's like, don't you want to be awake for when the grievers come and so you can volunteer yourself to get stabbed? I'm not actually quite sure what his game plan is, because then they're huddling in a corner. And he's not doing anything. And then it sounds like a griever's climbing up the wall and then a booming explosion of ripping wood and broken glass thundered from somewhere upstairs, shaking the whole house. And someone's like, it's got Dave. It's got Dave. Who? Who? Who's Dave? Who cares about Dave? And so the griever, after grabbing Dave, didn't just come out of the hole that it created in the wall. It decides to exit downstairs and through the front door, which is bizarre behavior for a griever. Just leave out of the hole you just created. I don't know if it just wanted to get a tour of the insides. Not, not too sure. And that's when an explosion of fear ripped through Thomas. And he's like, it's now or never. So, why were you not acting prior? So now now he's jumping out through the front door and he's running outside chasing the griever that's got Dave. I don't think he cares about Dave's well-being. I think Dave's a write-off. He just wants to get stung in the process of them killing and kidnapping Dave. Poor da- justice for Dave. So he's running and Teresa's screaming in his head being like, Tom, what the hell are you doing? And he ignores her and he just keeps running. And there's a bunch of other grievers out near the courtyard. And so Thomas runs up to him and he's like, oh, hey grievers. But having taken them by surprise, the grievers hesitated. So Thomas just jumps on the one holding Dave. Oh, and he does try and jerk the kid free. That's sweet. And then a bunch of grievers swarm on him at once and they start stinging the shit out of him. He felt pain erupt over every inch of his body, needle pricks that told him he'd succeeded. Yeah, but also you might die. (laughs) I don't know if that was in the plan. And so now he's screaming and kicking and pushing and thrashing, trying to get away from them so that they don't kill him with all of their horrible instruments. And he somehow manages to just get on his feet and run away from three or four grievers. What? How? And as soon as he escaped their immediate reach, they just turned around and left, (laughs) returning for the maze. Okay, so that that was easy. That was a gimme. But now he's collapsing from pain. Newt, Chuck, Teresa, and several others come and get him. And he felt the world swimming around him. He was delirious, nauseated. And so they're carrying him back to the homestead. And Newt's like, what the hell? What the hell, mate? What were you doing? How could you be so bloody stupid? And Thomas is like, oh no, he hates being called stupid. He's like, guys, I had a plan. I had a plan. You don't understand. And you know what? It's not that hard of a plan to decipher. Just like with the wax paper last week. like It's, it's not that hard to figure out where you were going with this one, Thomas. You don't need to break it down for us. And it's like, shut up, shut up. And he's like, you don't understand. And Teresa's talking to him being like, why, Tom? Why would you do this? I mean, she also hasn't figured it out. So maybe she is quite slow. Um, And he's like, because, because. And so then Newt yells for the grief serum. Then they stab him with the grief serum, which again, I think he should have tried in the first place without getting stung by the grievers, but I digress. So then the room's spinning, colors morphing into each other. He's about to pass out and he goes, don't worry, I did it on purpose. Yeah, obviously you did it on purpose. No one like took control of your body and forced you to run outside. There's no voodoo doll out there making you do dumb shit. Of course you did it on purpose. And that was the end of that chapter. So then we go to chapter 47, which is the shortest chapter in the whole book. It's like a page long. And it's him going through the changing. And I think James Dashner just got really lazy here. And he's like, I don't really know what the changing is. I don't know how to describe it. So he just says that <laughs> he, he lost all of his senses. He floated in emptiness. He saw nothing, heard nothing, smelled nothing. It was as if someone had stolen his five senses, leaving him in a vacuum. Okay, so long story short, you couldn't think of what to write. And then time stretched on, but then things began to change. A swirling mist of whiteness appeared far in the distance. A tower of thick mist began to move towards him. And then it consumed him. He felt his mind taken by the mist, felt memories flood into his thoughts. Everything else turned into pain. Okay, that's it. Whole lot of nothing, that is. And now he's gonna get all these memories and yet we don't get to know what they are. <laughs> oh, jeez. So then chapter 48, they're waking him up. They're like, Thomas, Thomas, can you hear me? And he didn't want to answer. His mind had shut down. He feared it would no longer return. Something. He's coming back into consciousness. Who really gives a fuck? And it's Chuck. And he's like, Thomas, are you okay? Please don't die, dude. Dude. I didn't know they said dude. That must be some of the lingo that isn't very common in the Glade. Or maybe it's the polite form for Shank. I don't know. So then um, everything came crashing back then. So the Glade, the Grievers, the stinging, the changing, memories. Okay, so he now knows the maze couldn't be solved. Um, And yet I do think they did solve something. But okay, the maze couldn't be solved. Their only way out was something they'd never expected. Something terrifying. He was crushed with despair. (gasps) What do you bet it is just going through the grave hole? (laughs) Oh, we never would have expected. And so then he forces his eyes open, squinting at first. And Chuck's pudgy face was there, staring with frightened eyes. Okay, pudgy face? Like, do we have to call Chuck pudgy in this instant? The random little bits of body shaming we're getting in this book. It's just crazy gone through this horrible experience. He's got all these terrible memories. He's crushed and he opens his eyes and he's like, oh, Chuck, you could stand to lose a few. You could stand to lose a few, you shank. So then Chuck's smiling and he's like, he's awake. Thomas is awake. And Thomas goes, oh, Chuck, do you have to scream? I don't feel so good. Be quiet, Chuck. Fucking hell. Chuck's doing the bedside shift. He's watching over your lifeless body. And as soon as you wake up, you're ragging on him. You're calling him Pudgy. You're telling him to shut up. I don't know where you get off treating him this way. And Chuck says, sorry, I'm just glad you're alive. You're lucky I don't give you a big kiss. And he goes, ugh, please don't do that, Chuck. Yuck, that'd make me vomit, Chuck. I've got a Chuck thinking of you kissing me, Chuck. Jeez Louise. I don't know if that's like homophobia or something, but you're telling me. A, a, Glade, full of 40 or 50 boys. No girls in sight for two years. None of them kissed. Are you really telling me that none of them had a little smooch? I think that's what they're trying to tell me because there's so much gay panic with him waking out of a coma being like, oh, don't kiss me, Chuck. Ugh, no homo. I think Zart and Frypan were doing it. They must've been. Okay, so then he says, how long have I been out, Chuck? And Chuck says, three days. We put you in the slammer at night to keep you safe. Brought you. uh, Why is the slammer so safe? I don't know. Brought you back here during the days. Thought you were dead for sure about 30 times, but check you out. You look brand new. All right, Chuck, you're being polite. I doubt he looks that good. And he says, did the grievers come? And he goes, oh yeah. They got Zart and a couple of other unnamed red shirt characters that we don't care about. One a night. Minnow and the runners have scoured the maze trying to find an exit. Again? Thomas already knows that they scoured the maze because he was part of the team running around looking at the maze. So do you want me to believe, Chuck, that they went out into the maze, saw nothing had changed, saw no exits, Mino came back and chucked to hissy fit, feeling depressed because there's no exit. And yet they just kept going back out there trying anyway, not drawing maps because nothing had changed. So there's no point to draw a map. What? Why would they be doing? What a waste of time. And Chuck says, why do you think the grievers are only taking one shank at a time? And Thomas's stomach turned sour. He knew the exact answer to that question. And some others, he knew enough to know that sometimes knowing sucked. And yet he he doesn't answer. (laughs) He doesn't answer. And he says, Chuck, get Newton Alby. We need to have a gathering. And Chuck's like, Oh my god, are you serious? And he goes, Chuck, I just went through the changing. Do you think I'm serious? Fuck me, he can never just Be nice to the kid. Of course, I'm fucking serious, Chuck. I just went through the changing, yet on purpose. You went and got yourself stabbed to go through the changing on purpose. Don't act like a martyr right now. And Chuck's like, oh, geez, okay, whatever. And so then he goes out and tries to get the gathering all lined up. And so then he shuts his eyes and he tries to call out to Teresa. And she goes, that was stupid, Tom. Really, really stupid. And he goes, I had to do it, babe. And she says, I pretty much hated you the last couple days. You should have seen yourself. And he goes, you hated me. And then he was thrilled that she'd cared so much about him. What? I don't, what? He's, he's thrilled that she hated him. He takes that as like a sign that she's into him. She's already told you that she thinks that you two were lovers beforehand. I'm, oh, okay, so then she says, that's just my way of saying I would have killed you if you died. And then he feels a burst of warmth in his chest. And he's like touched by her saying that she would kill him. But then he says, I remember what you said about the two of us and what we did to them. It was true. We did some bad things, Teresa. So he has memory of them two being together. And yet he's also shocked that she cares about him. Oh, this fucking book doesn't make sense. And she says, did you learn anything to help us get out of here? A purpose for the code. And he says, maybe He says he doesn't want to talk about it yet, not before he really gathered his thoughts. It's so ironic that he's withholding information when all he's ever done this whole book is try and get information. He says, we need a gathering. I'll ask for you to be there. I don't have the energy to say it all twice. Okay, I get that. But also you're not speaking out loud right now. So maybe it's not taking up that much energy or conserve energy by not trying to talk telepathically and getting a headache and maybe just having a chat with her. I don't know. Okay. So he doesn't have the energy to say it twice. And then he says, Hey, Teresa, the maze can't be solved, which is a bit of a bummer. And she goes, yeah, I think we all know that now. And so I was like, Oh, so you didn't have to go through the changing to figure that out. Okay. He says, don't worry. The creators meant for us to escape. I have a plan. Okay. If they've meant for you to escape, why did they lock you up? None of it's making sense. If they wanted you to escape according to a set of rules or whatever, their own little design, maybe they'd need to stop cheating and sending in little hints and telepathic little skill sets. I don't, like the book doesn't make any sense. If you were to tell me that James actually plotted this out before writing, I would slap you in the face and say, I don't think so. Because this is the most <sighs> slapped together story I've ever read. He just had this idea of a maze and running around the maze, but he had no fucking clue what to do with the maze. And he just, uh, none of it makes sense. Like if this is really an experiment, to what end? How did that get approved? How did no one think like, maybe we can fine tune this experiment and make it not dumb. I I don't know. uh. So he's like, yep, I have a plan. And she's like, oh yeah. And he goes, yeah, it's terrible. And some of us might die. And she's like, cool. (laughs) And then Newt walks into the room and he's like, oh, I'll tell you later. I thought he didn't want to, you know. Repeat things, but here he is just like telling half of the plan. And so then Newt says, Tommy, you barely look sick. Okay, so we must look good. All right. And he's like, Yeah, I feel all right. Thought I'd be a bit queasy. I thought I'd be worse. And Newt says, I know why you did it. <sighs> yeah, it's pretty fucking obvious. But he goes, Well, what memories came back? Anything that'll help? And he goes, Nate, we need to have a gathering. Oh, I can't say it more than once. I don't have the energy to say it twice. We need a gathering. And we need it soon before I start forgetting some of this stuff. Well, grab a pen and write it on your bicep. That seems to be what the done thing is. He says, it's a test, Newt. The whole thing is a test. And Newt's like, oh my God, you mean like an experiment? Um, the thing that's written on the walls of the maze, experiment, oh wow, what? And Thomas goes, no, you don't get it. <laughs> They're weeding it. He's so condescending, I can't get over it. They're weeding us out, seeing if we'll give up, finding the best of us, throwing variables at us, which is a lowercase V now. That, that one keeps changing. James hasn't decided if variables is a proper noun or not because it just keeps swapping. Um, throwing variables at us, trying to make us quit. Test, quit? Who's quit? Testing our ability to hope and fight. Sending Teresa here and shutting everything down was only the last part. One more final analysis. Now it's time for the last test to escape. And Newt says, what do you mean? And he goes, call the gathering. I can't say it twice. And that's the end of that chapter. This is so annoying. So an hour later, Thomas is sat in front of all the keepers for another gathering and they didn't let Teresa in, which (laughs) ticked Thomas off. But yeah, she's not a keeper, so I don't know why she would be there. And you know what? Sucked in. Now you're going to have to repeat it twice. As much as you did not want to, you're going to have to say it all twice. And so Albie, he's there and he says, all right, grainy, forget all the beat around the bush clunk, start talking. And so then he promptly beats around the bush. And he says, it's a long story. We don't have time to go through it all, but I'll tell you the gist of it. No, stop beating through the bush and get to it. He says, when he went through the changing, he saw flashes of images, hundreds of them. A lot came back to, yeah, we know what the changing is. Other people have been through it, Thomas. Stop beating around the bush. He says, the creators are testing us. The maze was never meant to be solved. It's all been, okay. I think think it was meant to be solved. Like, it's a trial. They want the winners or survivors to do something important. Do they not prove that by by solving the maze? Like, when is it game over then? He goes, let me start over. Every single one of us was taken when we were really young. I don't remember how or why, just glimpses and feelings. That things had changed in the world, that something really bad had happened. I have no idea what. So the creators stole us. And I think they felt justified in doing it. Somehow they figured out that we have above average intelligence and that's why they chose us. What? Uh, what? Okay. Pause. Pause. And let's just read that again. Somehow they figured out that we have above average intelligence and that's why they chose us. You want me to believe that some of the smartest people on earth are Chuck Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to Bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Galley, Zart? That random David guy? And do you also mean to tell me that out of all the smartest people they could round up, they're all under the age of like 17? And they're all boys except for one girl? What the fuck are you talking about, Thomas? above average intelligence, and yet it took them two years to look at the maps on top of each other. He says, after we were taken, we spent the next few years learning in special schools, living somewhat normal lives until they were finally able to finance and build the maze. For what purpose? I mean, it took them years to build them. So they just put this experiment on pause for so long just to get this maze up and running? The maze that means nothing? You just told me. We were never meant to solve the maze. There is no solution to the maze, but they did, you know, take a few years to finance and build the maze. For for what? He says, all our names are just stupid nicknames they made up, like Albie for Albert Einstein, Newt for Isaac Newton, and me, Thomas, as in Edison. Okay, first of all, how do you remember these historical figures? Like your mind's meant to be wiped. Okay, yeah, you went through the changing, but does Galley remember? But does Newt remember who Isaac Newton is? And okay, if that's the case, yeah, I can see it with Newt. I see it with Albie. I see it with Thomas. What scientist was called Frypan? I'm really trying to cast my mind back and think. Hey, what was Frypan? What was Frypan? Was he the guy that invented frypans? Maybe. And then I googled. I googled Minnow. Like, cause I was like, maybe there is a scientist called Minnow that I don't know about. No. No, James had said in an interview that Minnow was the name of his niece's Korean husband. Uh, I'm assuming he's not a scientist. And Alby's like, oh my God, our names aren't even our real names. It's like, you have no memories. Of course, like, were you that attached to the name Albie? Of all names, Albie? And Thomas goes, as far as I can tell, we'll probably never know what our names were. Wh- why not? You just went through the changing. You've got all these other memories. How come you don't know- remember your own name? Oh, no no consistency. And Frypan says, what are you saying? That we're freaking orphans raised by scientists? And he goes, yes. <laughs> Catch up, Frypan. That's exactly what I'm saying. He says, supposedly we're really smart <clears throat> and they're studying every move we make, analyzing us, seeing who'd give up and who wouldn't, seeing who'd survive at all. Why? Uh, have you ever thought why? No wonder we have so many Beetleblade spies running around this place. Plus some of us have had things altered in our brains. And he like says that probably under his breath being like, oh, we can gloss over that. Um, yeah, why? Why are people studying you for two years just to see if you'd give up or not? <laughs> How does that help whatever calamity has struck the world on the outside? Ah. <sighs> and Winston, I don't know Winston Churchill maybe I don't know. He says I believe this clunk about as much as I believe Frypan's food is good for you because they always love getting in a sledge about Frypan's food. Oh <laughs> Frypan I'd say fuck you all. Go and have toast for dinner because I'm done. I'm sick of you guys making fun of my food. I put my blood, sweat and tears into that food. And Thomas says why would I make this up? I don't maybe you're part of the experiment guy. Maybe you're a variable. Because why would I make this up? Better yet what do you think is the explanation then? Huh? What do you reckon? We live on an alien planet. I don't know, maybe. And Albie goes, just keep talking, Greenie, but I don't get why none of us remembered this stuff. Okay, just keep talking, but I'm going to go into a monologue before you do. He says, I don't get why none of us remembered this stuff. I've been through the changing, but everything I saw was, well, I didn't learn nothing. Let's just say that. And Thomas goes, I'll tell you in a minute why I think I learn more than others. Should I keep going or not? So now he's getting nasty. So he goes, okay. Somehow they wiped our memories. Uh, not just, yeah, we know. And he goes, not just our childhood, but all the stuff leading up to entering the maze. Yeah, I didn't think you had memories of entering the maze. I I, I thought that because you've told me repeatedly that you had none. He goes, then they put us in a box and sent us up here. Like, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. We didn't need to go through the changing to figure that out. And Newt says, but why? What's the bloody point? And he holds up his hand for silence. Oh, this little motherfucker. He is lording it all over them. He is so annoying. Heaven forbid anyone else ask a question. He says, I'm getting there. What? No, you're not. You're beating around the bush again. He says, they wanted to test us, see how we'd react to what they call the variables. Proper down capital V. Okay, we're back to the to the proper noun, uh, and to a problem that has no solution. See if we could work together, build a community even. I, wh- why? You're not telling me why. Everything was provided for us and the problem was laid out as one of the most common puzzles known to civilization. Amaze. <laughs> all this added up to making us think there had to be a solution, just encouraging us to work all the harder while at the same time magnifying our discouragement at not finding one. What I'm saying is there is no solution. And yet you did just find ones. Okay, like I, I just, I don't get it. Like if they did just wanna see how a bunch of teenage boys would create a society for themselves whilst being distracted with a puzzle. Like, did it have to be this elaborate maze with grievers that were these big giant blobs with like chainsaws and needles attached to them with the maze moving each night? Like, did it have to be this elaborate? Like with a fake sun? And so then everyone erupts in chatter at that. And so he's holding up his hands again. (sighs) And he says, see, your reaction proves my point. Does, Does it? Most people would have given up by now, but I think we're different because we're all so smart. We couldn't accept that a problem can't be solved and we've kept fighting no matter how hopeless it's gotten. He says, whatever the reason, it makes me sick. So he doesn't know the reason. The grievers, the walls, the cliff, they're just elements of a stupid test. We're being used and manipulated. The creators wanted to keep our minds working toward a solution that was never there. So you say, I mean, this could all be part of it because you're changing from the griever venom and the grief solution all come from the creators. So they could also be manipulating you and warping your mind right now, but you're not considering that, okay? They're throwing crazy things at us to see our response, test our will, see if we'll turn on each other. In the end, they want the survivors for something important. What end? And Frypan says, And killing people? That's a nice little part of their plan? Like, yeah, if you really are the smartest people in civilization, why are they killing you off with grievers? And he says, Yes, Frypan, killing people. The only reason the grievers are doing it one by one is so we don't all die before. <laughs> why are they killing anyone at all? <laughs> Oh, this is so stupid. He says, it's survival of the fittest. Only the best of us will escape. And Frypan says, well, speaking of escape, get to the fucking plan then. And then Minnow, he says, well, something tells me I'm not gonna like what I'm about to hear. (laughs) Oh, I love Minnow. And Thomas goes, probably not. He says, the creators want the best of us for whatever it is they have planned, but we have to earn it. And they're obviously not in a rush because you've already taken two years. Then the room fell completely silent and he says, the code. What? I, th- I, th- I mean, he's just told us that the maze was pointless, but now the-, the code is important. And Frypan says, what about it? And Thomas says, it was hidden in the wall movements of the maze for a reason. I should know. I was there when the creators did it. <gasps> End of chapter. Yeah, sure. But also like you just said, the maze was pointless, but I was there when we hit a code into it. So it's not pointless. Okay, let's knock over chapter 50. Ugh. Slowly but surely we're getting to the end of this clunk. So for a long moment, no one said anything. <laughs> and Newt says, what are you talking about? And he says, well, first there's something I have to share about me and Teresa. <gasps> there's a reason Galley accused me of so much stuff and why everyone who's gone through the changing recognizes me. And he says, Teresa and I are different. Oh, of course you are. We were part of the Maze Trials, capital M, capital T, from the very beginning, but against our will, I swear it. And so they're like, Thomas, what the fuck are you talking about? And he says, Teresa and I were used by the creators. If you had your full memories back, you'd probably want to kill us. But I need to tell you this now so you can trust me. Oh, that'll do it. (laughs) They trust you now. I need to tell you this so you'll believe me when I tell you the only way we can get out of here. And they're all like, oh, I bet they're so exhausted from this Thomas kid. And he says, look, we helped to design the maze. We helped create the whole thing. What? So so if the maze took years to design and implement, and it's been two years, Thomas would have had to have been like, what, 10 when he started designing this maze? This is bullshit. I'm... uh, He's not acting like a prodigy. Yeah, he can telepathically communicate with Teresa, but that seems like a little built-in perk of his brain that that doesn't indicate intelligence. And everything that he's figured out in the past 50 chapters so far is just because he has access to some vague memories and some hunches. I don't think he's that smart, but you're telling me at 10 years old he was designing this giant maze with moving walls. Um, Bull fucking shit. And Newt's even like, um, you're 16 years old. How could you have created the maze? And Thomas couldn't help doubting it a little himself, but he knew what he'd remembered. He trusts his memories completely. Even though they've been manipulated before, even though this could all be part of the test, he trusts his memories completely. He says, we were smart. (laughs) Uh, I think it might be part of the variables, but most importantly, that was capital V variables, But most importantly, Teresa and I have a gift that made us very valuable as they designed and built this place. And what's the gift? Talking telepathically. I'm sure they have walkie talkies. There are communication methods. There might be phones. I don't know why it's that valuable to have people with a mind connection where they can talk telepathically. And if, if they had the technology to put that into your brains, because I don't think you were born that way. I don't think you're an X-Man. If they had that capacity, could they not have put that into anybody's brains? I don't know why you're so special. I mean, I know you're smart. You're a child prodigy. You're young Sheldon, but I don't know why you're that special. And then Newt says, speak, exclamation mark. Spit it out, exclamation mark. And then he says, we're telepathic, exclamation mark. We can talk to each other at our freaking heads, exclamation mark. A lot of exclaiming going on. And I think it's at this point where he lost the room. Everyone's thinking that he's fucking nuts. Newt blinks in surprise and then someone else coughs. They're probably thinking this is fucking bullshit. And he says, but listen to me, they forced us to help. I don't know why or how, but they did. Maybe it was to see if we could gain your trust despite having been a part of them. I don't know if you ever did really gain their trust completely, but yeah, okay. Maybe we were meant all along to be the ones to reveal how to escape. Then why? Uh, Whatever the reason, with your maps, we figured out the code and we need to use it now. They figured out the code. You remembered. And he's looking around the room and none of them seem that angry because I think they're all a bit bewildered. And he goes, I'm sorry, it's true. But I can tell you this, I'm in the same boat with you now. Teresa and I were sent here just like anyone else and we can die just as easily. Although he's just spent 30 minutes talking about how great he is and how different he is. He's like, oh, we're in the same boat. He says, the creators have seen enough. It's time for the final test. I guess I needed the changing to add the final pieces of the puzzle. Oh, this is all bullshit. None of it makes sense. But they all accept him. Oh God, so unearned that they accept him and just take it all as fact because Newt says, oh, you know what? You know what, Shank? The creators, those Shanks did this to us, not Tommy and Teresa. The creators, they did it and they'll be sorry. And, and Minnow's like, yeah, whatever. Who gives a clunk about all that? Just get on with the escape already. So, uh, all right, water under the bridge. So then Thomas finally gets to the fucking point after all that beating around the bush, which he was asked not to do, He says, there's a computer station in a place we've never looked before. The code will open a door for us to get out of the maze. Okay, so it's not pointless. He said, there's no solution to the maze. There's no way out of the maze, except there is this place. You just got to put in a code into a computer and then a door will open up and then we'll exit the maze. But there's no solution to the maze. This whole thing has been a test to see if we'd keep going, even though there's no solution to the maze, but here is the solution. What? None of it makes fucking sense. And this code also shuts down the grievers so they can't follow. If we can just survive long enough to get to that point, we're gravy. And Alby says, a place that we've never looked before. What do you think we've been doing for two years? We've looked everywhere. Of course we have. And he says, trust me, you've never been to this spot. And even Minnow goes, well, where is it? Even though Minnow's been there. Like, are you all screaming it out? It's the griever hole. Like, oh, He's You've never been here. And Minnow has, and he's like, What? I can't think of a thing. And Thomas says, It's almost suicide. Oh, he loves to drag it out. So much beating around the bush. He says, The grievers will come after us whenever we try to do it. All of them. It's the final test. And Newt says, Okay, so where the fuck is it? And he says, It's over the cliff. We have to go through the griever hole. End of chapter mic drop. And yet, is that not what I've been saying for weeks? This book is so. Freaking annoying. Okay. Couple more weeks left. <laughs> oh, we're coming into the home stretch. Hang in there, please. Hang in there. We'll get there together, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Kayla Itzinas. Kayla Itzinas. I'm Kayla Itzinas, and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you, awakes. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.